Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is uh, Kyle from Father Can Eagle Podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, Trevor, Zach, please bring me in because I don't know what the fuck I just watched. We were up 17 and nothing against the Washington no-name football team, all right? Carson Wentz was looking brilliant. As soon as I say something, he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I don't understand what the fuck just happened. And I'm sitting here like a fucking goon at Xfinity Live with all these fucking other Eagles fans that have no enthusiasm, no up spirit, nothing because of this coronavirus. And I have no idea what to say right now because I don't know what the fuck I just watched. All right. So please, gentlemen, please bring me to life. What is going on, Zach and Trevor? The Eagles blow, and we need to point out that Carson Wentz can't get rid of the ball when he's under pressure, which he should be doing, but he's taking the sack. It's also bad quarterback developing. Also, Doug Peters should not be the head coach and offensive coordinator at the same damn time. Jesus Christ. This is is an awful game. I turned it off at the last five minutes. I had more gambling things to look after since the Eagles did not deliver my my part. Yeah, no. Zach. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but after watching that first drive, I, I texted you guys. I go, I'm fucking hyped. We got off to a fast start like I wanted to. And then, like, I don't know what happened, but the play calling completely went awry after the first fucking drive. And then next thing you know, Jack Driscoll goes down. The offensive line just is fucking – in shambles and you know we're doing this podcast i'm ready to go drink it i'm ready for fucking whiskey i i'm sick of this i need whiskey yeah. after that game after watching that oh my god no 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 after ever after this game you're gonna need ever clear shots after shots after shots after shots watching this game made me th- not think about the super bowl that happened three years ago maybe it was like what two years ago technically but i think it's like 10 years ago from right now this team fucking sucks this team is terrible. And you know what? Doug Peterson with his coaching, his offensive coordinator coaching, this guy needs to fire himself in both spots because you're running the ball with Boston Scott time after time after time after Carson Wentz shows you that he can he can do it under pressure. The offensive line was actually doing their part in the first quarter and half of the second quarter. They were doing actually a pretty good job. And he was making the passes time after time after time. Now, uh, granted, he missed on two long balls to Jalen Rager and to Sean Jackson. All right? Those are ones that you can't bring back. All right? But the thing is, is when you have Carson Wentz thrown at the pace that he was, don't take away the momentum and run it with running backs that you cannot count on. These guys are not NFL running backs. And they're counting on Boston Scott to run the ball as a feature back. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Can you guys please explain this shit? Can we? I, I think we, I'll explain it perfectly. Um, Desh, not Deshaun. Um, Howie Roseman likes to act like a savant, as like I've always said. He tries to be much better than everyone in the in the draft room or everyone in the trade line or the free agent market or um, getting like someone on the waiver wire. 
he doesn't point out the actual need, but it's like he looks at another need, like, ooh, we could be this, 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 and this. When you're desperately needed, you have op- options available in the, when the waiver claims went out when Leonard Fournette was a free agent. We should have took a claim for him if Miles Sanders was going to be out. Devontae Freeman's still out there, which I would take right now after seeing what Boston Scott and Corey Clement did today. This is awful. It's just It goes down to two people. It goes down to Doug Peterson being like, you cannot be both offensive coordinator and head coach. Go look at Atlanta. Dan Quinn's doing that with as a defensive coordinator. And now it just looks horrible on the Eagles end. And it just points out at how he how he's on the hot seat. And he I don't think he's gonna last too long, personally. I think no. this maybe his last year. Because I think uh, he's done a horrible job make creating this roster. And you have a, a whiteout who I thought was like, oh, this would be a good steal. John Hightower, he stinks as well. So oh my God. don't even get me started. He's basically trying to do what Billy Bean does for the Oakland Athletics and bringing it to the NFL and fucking cutting costs where he shouldn't be cutting costs. Because at the end of the day, you need skilled position players to win in this league, whether it's a running back, whether it's a wide receiver. You know, we got John Hightower out there, and then we got Jalen Rager out there, that whatever the miscommunication was with Carson Wentz, you can't expect these rookies to come in from day one and compete at the level that you're expecting from him. And he just cuts costs at certain positions and thinks that it's okay. He's literally doing what Billy Bean did for the Oakland Athletics. Yep. And as we have seen, it doesn't win championships. Mm-hmm. No, and like I said on the pregame, listen, the the Washington football team or Redskins, I'm going to call them the Redskins. I don't even No, care. I've been doing it the whole time. They don't deserve uh, so the, football the, the Washington Redskins have killers on the defensive line. We saw that today. Kerrigan always kills us, no matter what. He just kills us. He could be 40 years old. He'll get his three sacks a game against us because it's us, all right? They have killers. They had no one to stop him. I understand that the offensive line sucks. I get it because we have no depth there right now. But, like, Carson Wentz, how much time do you have to give him to throw the football? Like, he was taking sack after sack after sack after sack without throwing away the football. It's like, how dumb are you? Like, seriously, if you see an offensive line coming at you, throw the ball away. It's not that hard to understand. I just don't understand why this fan base coddles this guy game after game after game. These sacks kill you. They kill you. And I don't understand it. It's just like, I don't like bashing the guy game after game after game. I'm an Eagles fan. I want the guy to succeed. But the guy just doesn't have, he doesn't have the boss. He's sackless. He cannot play the position of an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. That's actually a great rant. I, I'll give you that because this fan base loves to coddle. It's the same with everything in Philadelphia sports. We have to coddle the stars, and it doesn't prove to work out too well, actually. You no. need to be hard. Look at, like, when we were hard on McNabb, he performed. When we were hard on Vic, he performed. When we were hard on Nick Foles, he performed. He yep. worked his ass off. And when Carson Wentz came to town, we coddled him, and look what he's doing now. He stinks. And I'll say this, after the second quarter, from near the end of the second quarter into the halftime, that's I had a bad feeling. Like they're gonna I feel that after they gave up that touchdown, they're gonna blow this, I feel. And I was right. Because they lo- they don't know how to ex- finish the game as at a hundred percent. They went fifty percent. This is like the old charges from 2010-11. They couldn't finish to win games. This is what the Eagles are. They cannot finish to win games so far after week game one. Sack. <laughs> All right, so clearly 
I'm wearing the Carson Wentz shirt right now. Burn uh, it. Burn it. Uh, <laughs> I just got this in the mail the other day, and I'm like, I want to rip it off. Send right it now. back. <laughs> I never bought anything Carson Wentz yet, so I'm pretty proud of myself. If I told you Carson Wentz for th threw for 270 yards, two touchdowns, and Dwayne Haskins threw for 180 yards and one touchdown, what would you tell me? You would tell me we won the game, right? Yeah. Wrong. Because the context of what those stats came in was mainly within the quarter and a half. And after that, I don't know what the fuck happened with the play calling. We abandoned the run. Anytime you throw for 40 plus times is not a good equation to win. I know the running game wasn't working well, but you at least have to give the illusion that the running game is somewhat inside this play calling and for whatever reason we abandoned the run until you know third and long and everybody knows the run's coming but it's just this game was not predicated on what the eagles do best and that's running the ball and throwing it deep and opening up the field getting guys in space and honestly you know whether the offensive line was terrible or not, and I believe they were terrible, I believe that the injuries definitely played a part. I think Carson Wentz got rattled after a quarter and a half, and that's not good after one game. You know, if you want to get rattled in game 13 or 14 after getting hit for 12 or 13 weeks, that's fine. But if you're getting hit for a quarter and a half and then you're all of a sudden rattled, that's not good. And I'm wearing a Carson Wentz shirt, so I'm a Carson Wentz bias ass fan and i'm sitting here telling you that he needs to stand in the pocket he needs to make these plays doug peterson also needs to get the ball out of carson wentz's hands and carson wentz needs to get the ball out of his own hands quickly come on guys it's week one it's week one with it is. no fans in the stands with a team that we can't, we always destroy them we well we don't destroy them but we always beat them and we want great we're gonna play teams like the Baltimore Ravens, the L.A. Rams next week, all right? We're going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. We're going to play the Dallas Cowboys twice. And we were up 17 to nothing against a team that doesn't even have a fucking name. What do you think is going to happen to this team going down the road? It's only week one. We were up 17 to nothing. 17 to nothing with all the momentum. Carson throws that first pick, and then it goes downhill because they're pussies. They don't know how to play the game. This team sucks. And that doesn't have to take me after week three to figure this out. They are horrible. And everyone's going to get fired after this year. Everybody. Dog's going to go. Howie's going to go. Howie's going to go. Howie's going to go first. Howie's going to go first. I'll tell you what, guys. Yes, it's week one. But this is the kind of game where you can literally see the mudslide coming. So it's literally we're going into these next couple of games, whether you want to say against the Rams or week three, whatever. We need to see how this team bounces back, how they perform quickly after the disaster that we just saw week one. Yes, it may be week one, but this is the early showings of what could be a mudslide for the rest of this fucking season. You guys think, oh, we're getting rid of everybody after this season. Well, you know what heals every single issue is winning. And at this point right now, we're not winning. And I know it's only week one, but if we win weeks two, three, four, whatever the case may be, it's going to heal some wounds. 
Maybe not every wound, but it's going to heal some wounds. But this is the beginning of a mudslide. Can we stop the mudslide here? <laughs> no. No. No, we can't. We can't. This team is so bad, dude. And you know what? I'm looking up and down this roster, and I'm looking at the offensive line, which is clearly the biggest part of the team. And uh, the offensive line, we have Brandon Brooks out. Uh, Lane Johnson can't stay healthy. Uh, uh, Peters, who tried today, was 38 years old. And Jeff Triscoll, the, the replacement for Jason um, Lane Johnson, couldn't stay in. Uh, he got fucked. hurt, too. He got hurt, too. We're, we're fucked. We're fucked, dude. This, listen, it doesn't, like I said before, it takes me usually three weeks to figure out a team. This team is done after week one. They're done. They're done. They're, they're done. And you know what? Anyone that wants to say, oh, you're not a real Eagles fan. Well, I've been saying for fucking two years that this quarterback can't get it done because he has a pussy. Okay. So after week one, I'm saying that this team doesn't have it because they lost to a team that was considered one of the worst in the fucking league. That's why I'm saying they're done. You guys 20, mad? 20 out of 27 points we gave up to the Redskins, the football team, whatever the hell you want to call them, the racial slurs. 20 out of the 27 points came off either turnovers or turnovers on downs. And that's just unacceptable, whether it's the aggressive play call that obviously didn't work. Like, why are you aggressively play calling with fourth and four or fourth and five when you have no offensive line, when Carson Wentz clearly looks rattled, when yeah. holding on to the ball too long, wide receivers, rookie wide receivers are not on the same level as Carson Wentz right now, like everything's just abysmal, and yet you're still going for it on fourth and medium within yep. scoring range for the Redskins. You get 10, 15 yards, and you're already in field goal range. So 20 out of 27 points to be given up off of turnovers, whether it's interceptions or turnovers on down, is unacceptable, whether you're playing the Redskins or the Seahawks or you know the Patriots. It doesn't matter. Turnovers on downs turnovers in general and then giving points off turnovers unacceptable uh daniel uh Allian says do you think this has anything to do with not having a preseason well yeah well last year i'll say this because no I, my, my answer is no because both teams didn't have a preseason last year we didn't have a preseason either because we refused to play our starters in the preseason, which was a very dumb move. And, uh, no, I don't think it has anything to do with the preseason because of the point I just said. Um, I just think our team is very bad. I, I really do. They, they rely on their defensive line so much. Their linebacking course sucks. Their secondary sucks. And that wasn't even the fault of the game. The defense actually I guess we'll take it from here since Kyle just froze out on us. Chris Brothers taking over here. Kyle's so mad he had to leave. Honestly, um, that was a horrible game. I I literally turned it off or I changed it to Sunday ticket because it's like, listen to me. I'm not going to waste my time. If you blew up, if you went up 24 to like 27, 17, I was like, this is me. Like, you guys aren't coming back. This team blows. I'm going to spell it out for everyone, like Aaron Rodgers said B L O. WS. This team blows. Howie Roseman is not has been as, as one called like the architect of this team. He's done a horrible job. He's done mismanagement to the fullest. As you said, he, he's pulling a Billy Bean. And I personally think you need to get a real GM to come in here and fix this. Because we saw in the comment section that if we go one and one, if we go and beat the Rams next week, is your opinion gonna change? Are you still gonna point out what is wrong with this team? Because, yes, preseason 
may have played a little bit of a factor, but like Kyle talked about, the the racial slurs didn't have a friggin' preseason either. So it's not like, you know, there was a disadvantage. It's not like there was fans in the stands. It's just the fact that we didn't show up when everybody else did. And, you know, if we go into the Rams and we beat the Rams in game in week two and we go one and one, yeah, that's all fine and dandy. Oh, that, yeah, then you got Cincinnati, that's 2-1-1. and one. Yeah. Here's the also thing of preseason. Like, last year, we didn't do for starters for preseason. The Bears didn't do preseason for starters. You can look at the differences right there with both young quarterbacks. Mitch looked ter- terrible against the Packers week one, and Carson Wentz looked super sluggish the whole time and didn't get it on to, like, the second or third quarter. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, like I talked about earlier in this podcast, I was excited for the fact that Carson got off to a hot start. I don't care what anybody says. That play calling went awry after that first quarter and a half. And it's just, it's ridiculous that Dougie P, when you watch him call a play for, and I hate bringing up this name, Nick Foles, compared to. Do it. Do it. I I personally, like, we got to bring, we got to bring the elephant in the room. Exactly. What he calls Foles compared to what he calls for Carson Wentz. I don't care whether you think Carson's the greatest quarterback of all time, the worst quarterback of all time. He hangs Carson out to dry, and I'm fucking sick of it. I think it's absolutely horrid the fact that he says, you know what, Carson, you have all the talent in the world. You may not be an elite quarterback, but I think you're an elite quarterback. Go ahead and win us the game. Throw fucking 42 passes. Let's abandon the run. Let's only run the ball when we're in third and long situations and we're basically getting ready to punt the ball you know it's just ridiculous the way that this team operates I want that efficient play calling that we got with Nick Foles for the same thing that we get with Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz has those intangibles that Nick Foles doesn't and the ability to use those would be great moving forward but Doug P doesn't call the game that way no, he's very biased. I feel like he, he's he. Lo- I think he worked his play calling works out perfectly for Nick Foles. Yeah. Remember how 2017 he looked with well, Carson Wentz? They looked solid. They were attached to the hip perfectly. After that, when he went on the run of Nick Foles and when he got Carson back against the indie game, he, he was like okay and stuff. And it has been the same since. Oh, I'm back. Sweet. Hey, we're talking about how would you say this that Carson Wentz. At Carson, like Doug Peterson's play calling is completely different for uh, when Nick Foles is in quarterback, which I know you agree with, and I feel like he puts he hangs Carson way out to dry. Yeah, I agree. Oh uh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think that with Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson actually took a play out of Chip Kelly's playbook. Uh, if you look at it, he ran the RPO with Nick Foles. Yeah, and I and I feel like he's trying to baby Carson once a little bit. I don't think he's trying to expand it as much as he did back in two thousand seventeen. Because he's trying to get Carson Wentz's feet on the ground again after the ACL tear. And I just feel like he's not expanding as much as he did in 2017, which is a big problem. Because Carson Wentz, uh, honestly, I, I think that the expanded playbook helped him in 2017. I, I just don't think, like, Doug Peterson, maybe maybe he's not the right coach anymore. I don't know. But th- there's just something with Carson Wentz's game that just doesn't seem right anymore. It's just like, you know, he started off well in this game against a team that you should really should have been this this team is garbage in my opinion i'm sorry they, they won the game but they're garbage um but i, I just really feel that 
you know, Carson Wentz, he just he laid off the gas pedal. He saw the offensive line wasn't really blo- blocking him anymore. So he was like, you know, I'm just going to go down. I'm going to take the sack. I'm not going to throw the ball away. We're up by a lot. And uh, it came back to bite him in the ass. And I, I honestly do not think that they're going to recover from this. I really don't. And I think the the, the five minutes out off the air, I was a little bit I, – I, it took me a little bit of t- uh, time to cool down. Did you put – he showed that you stick the, the, the phone in the AC vent, then it yeah. cools down super quickly. Oh, I just want to thank you guys. I want to thank uh, Trevor and Zach for keeping it rolling while I was trying to figure everything out because my phone literally was about to explode. Literally. Like, it was at 110 degrees. It was literally about to explode, and it just turned off on me. Um, Not the mixtape that Little Wayne did in 2000, so <laughs> – yeah, and th- this is why this podcast is the greatest because these guys could have flaked. These guys could have turned it off because they were like, oh, I'm not here. But no. they kept going. They kept going. And uh, that's why the professionals, that's why these guys are a part of the podcast. And that's why we're going to be the best fucking Eagles podcast by the end of the year, even though this team sucks and we're probably going to be 2 and 14. But it's just, you, you need good. You need good people on your podcast. You, you need. You also need for the Eagles. You need actual players that could perform in the National Football League, not college standouts that you could cut costs with. Yep. So, awesome. like, I I wish we like me personally. I wish we had a veteran like Am- Danny Amendola to help out this this wide receiver group a little bit. Am I right? You have someone perfectly for the slot right now, which we don't have right now. Yep. Now I gotta be guys. This may be the drunk me talking. But when I watch Carson Wentz play, he reminds me so much of Russell Westbrook in the NBA. <laughs> the fact that when he's rolling, he's rolling. If he gets off to a bad start, he starts playing erratic. He starts playing out of his mind to the point where he's going through three different guys turning the ball over. Carson Wentz, you've seen the play where the one turnover, he forced the ball when he had people open underneath. Like Sometimes at some points you see him do too much, and when he got rattled, it seemed like he was trying to go to the old him where he did too much. Not the old him, the typical him that we've dealt with every year outside of 2017 where he tries to do too much. And I felt like this year with the different offensive players, the different offensive coordinators, the different minds in the offensive room where we might get a spread out of the offense, Carson Wentz went back to the same self where he tried to do too much. And I feel like that's the same thing with Russell Westbrook, where if he doesn't get a couple easy buckets, he's playing out of his mind. He's playing erratic. He's playing, you know, to the level where it's going to cost you games. And could Carson Wentz have won us this game? Absolutely. Did he cost us this game? Absolutely. You know, that's the thing that we get with Carson. That's the win or lose mentality with Carson. And unfortunately, it showed very brightly in this Washington game. Yeah, uh, you, you hit it right on head, Zach. And um, with Carson Wentz, you know, I, I know I've been highly critical with Carson, with Carson Wentz the last two and a half years. And rightfully so, because I saw what I didn't see in 2017. He was exemplary in 2017. He should have been MVP. He was great. Everyone knows this. Everyone's just waiting for him to go back to that, and, and myself included. And in the beginning of the game today, I saw flashes of 2017. But then it goes to the second quarter and the third quarter. And then I'm seeing the Carson Wentz I saw in 2000, 2018 and 2019. The guy that's just... 
he wants to do so much, like Zach was saying. He wants to do so much that he'll take that sack. He won't throw the ball away because he wants to. He wants to see the guy down the field. And I, I just don't understand where his mindset is. Is it like, is it stupid or does he just want to press that much to where he wants to get that Super Bowl that wasn't earned by him? I just don't, I, it's tough for me to figure out when it comes to Carson Wentz because I want this guy to succeed a lot. It's, a lot of people think I hate the guy. I don't really hate the guy. I just tell him how it is. I want the guy to succeed so much to the point to where I want the best to where he could perform. And he's just not doing it like in the first quarter he looked phenomenal he looked like a top three quarterback and then all of a sudden he just fell off like we're just used to seeing and i just over and over and over again it just gets tiresome i I just don't know what it is all right kyle i asked this question trevor when you were off air when you were trying to cool down at the moment we have the rams and the Bengals at home the next week if we go into that 49ers game Two and one. Is your opinion going to change? Think team is something that we didn't think it was. We won. Are you going to sit there and try to jump ship when we're sitting there thinking, "All right, this team is playing abysmal," and then all of a sudden they win two games in a row? Okay, the Super Bowl winning team. Like a lot of fans are thinking, okay, it's only week one. Are you going to jump ship when it's two and one, or you know, two and two, or whatever the case? No, no, no. If they're two and one, I'll be back on the bandwagon. Um, if they're two and one, if, if they beat a team like the Rams, I'll be sold that you know maybe this game was just a fluke. But the thing is, how can you call this game a fluke when it was seventeen to nothing against a young team with Dwayne Haskins who stinks? Dwayne Haskins stinks. And and the biggest the, the biggest problem I have is that so many people relied on this defensive line, not knowing that the linebacking course sucked. Not knowing that the secondary was suspect at best. They relied on the defensive pressure to get to Dwayne Haskins, and they couldn't do it. How are you going to not get to Dwayne Haskins and expect to succeed against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson? Like, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So if they go and beat the Rams, not only will it not make sense, but if they beat the Rams here at home next week, yeah, I'll be back on the bandwagon. It's not going to happen. I haven't started the season 0-3 at this point. I really do. Well, right now, I'm going to give you a little score update. Um, The Niners are up 10-0, and uh, the Cardinals has blocked a punt right now from the uh, from the Niners. So, yeah, the have the Cardinals, don't you? I have the Cardinals at 6.5 right now. So, tr- I am I am riding my gambling wave right now. So, yep. All right, I'm ready to wind down. Obviously, the New Yorker and me wanted to- Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. 
When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Finish off strong with the New York side. Um, I just want to give a shout out once again to Ian Anderson out of Shenandoah, right in the Capital Region. Pitching outstanding. He had his uh, debut against the Yankees where he went six strong innings. He is now pitched four games, 3-0, and with a 1-6-4 ERA. He's been playing outstanding, showing the Capital Region how strong we are and how talented we are right here in upstate New York. And I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he's been doing an amazing job. And I wanted to leave off with a, a good, feel-good story because this uh, Eagles not making me feel good right now. The only thing that's making me feel better right now is the Cardinals actually just scored right now, so I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> so so gambling, gambling me is an, on full effect right now. I'm about, I'm about to go drop a couple stacks on the Cowboys and the Rams under tonight because you know what? I lost so much money on the Eagles game. I was a fucking idiot, and I took the Eagles minus five and a half. No, oh yeah, it's actually happening. Seventeen nothing. I'll yeah, I did too. Lose. I, I did too. I should have went the other way after I saw it. Like I I did it yesterday. I was like oh, I shouldn't do this, but oh well. So I just I just I just lit some money on fire for the Eagles. So Eagles, thank you for letting me letting me like twenty dollars on my on myself. Yeah, I'm two for two. What were we saying? Unless unless you want me to go through my picks, I'm like three and three right now. Yeah, I got. I had the Bears money line, which they won. Patriots minus seven, Baltimore seven and a half, and boom. So I'm three and three right now. I won't. Colts killed me. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad pick by you. I think the Colts yeah. killed. The Colts killed me though. Yeah. The Colts friend, and the and the Vikings. My friend had the Colts and Jacksonville won, right? Yeah, Jacksonville won. Yeah, so I am three on three in, for the day. So we're making some money back right now. You know what pisses off the most about week one? Go ahead. That the Eagles performed so horribly that our buddy Zop didn't even want to come on this episode. What a fraud. What a fraud. Think about this episode. That's how pissed off he was. I kind of – I kind of wish he was here right now when you look at it. Like, we we need him to, like, show up, like, show his true colors right now, but he's not here. Like, Zop. I'm, I'm sending out smoke signals right now from Connecticut. Where are you? Are you are you alive right now? Yeah. Well, the thing about Zomp is I'm going to be honest. He doesn't like the politics, and it's like leaving his heart out because he doesn't like all the stuff like being involved into the game, and I understand that to an extent. He'll probably – he's leaving the window open. He's not completely gone. He's leaving the window open. Uh, but I was texting back and forth today with him because he's such a Wentz nut hugger that he was like, oh, Wentz is playing so great. All of a sudden, he goes downhill, and uh, like he's like, oh, Kyle, you were right. I'm like, oh, no shit, I was right. I, I never literally – I literally never say anything that the words that come out of my mouth, I don't say anything just to say it. I say it because it holds volume. What I say, you guys need to hear. And if you guys don't like what I'm saying, don't listen. Or better yet, do because you need it. Open up your ears. Don't let a podcast brainwash you. Exactly. Exactly. Because they give you like a stat or two that, you know, shows that they're right. And then next thing you know, they're you're hugging their dick and – you're going, oh, Eagles this, Eagles that, and you're blinded to what's actually wrong with this team. We are going to give you non-bias. Kyle with the hot take, Trevor with the stats, 
and me, I'm going to be the John Gruden where I'm going to have the good, but I'm also going to point out the bad as well. So you get a good mixture with this podcast. So if you want the non-biased opinion, if you want the non-biased Eagles fan, you're going to get it between right now me and Trevor Trevor with Kyle, you know, once again, so pissed off. He just had to leave the podcast. I mean, we've gone 30 minutes on this. We're going to break down the next game on Thursday, but Right now, I, I need to cool off. I need to get a beer. I need to get whiskey. I need something to get over this loss because I, I'm just done. I'm done right now. I'm just- Have you ever felt like today? I I, 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 I did two screens here. I, I was like, like, do I want to give the Eagles the big screen opportunity or do they go on the laptop? They went on the laptop. Lo and behold, they belong on the laptop right now. They don't belong on the big screen right now because I, I leave that for teams that actually entertain me. The okay. Eagles right now do not deserve the entertainment right now of the big screen. Unfortunately, you're right. All right, so outside of the Eagles, you got a couple of four o'clock games. You have the Chargers, Bengals. You got the Cardinals, 49ers, the Bucks, Saints. What game is making your big screen right now? It is the Cardinals and the 49ers right now because, not because of gambling reasons. Well, mostly because of gambling reasons. I personally like this matchup of the Cardinals and Niners. I feel like they've always had fun games to watch whenever they're on. They're the, like the late game of the 405 or 425 game that like people don't watch that much. And with Kyler Murray, I, I want to give him some attention. I want to see him more because like last year, I saw him like a few times, like doing his thing against Atlanta a few times and a few other teams and stuff. Like now he's like doing his stuff right now and their defense looked good so far. And I, I want to see what DeAndre Hopkins could do with Kyler Murray and also see if Christian Kirk could elevate to be that number two, number three wide receiver right now. You know, I was talking on Fox Sports 980, 95.9. That's my show live every Sunday. I was like, you know what? I love that DeAndre Hopkins has come in. He's the number one. Then you got Larry Fitzgerald as the number two. And then it pushed Christian Kirk to the number three, which really that's where he's best suited. Then you got Kenyon Drake. That's the Alabama fan in me that thinks he's an elite an elite level running back where he can catch the ball out of the backfield, where he can run between the tackles, where he can get outside. So I really think they did a great job. I also was curious to see the bills. I have to rewatch that game because John Brown, they're not a great number one and a great number two with John Brown and Cole Beasley, but they're an excellent number two and number three. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, even if Stefan Diggs isn't catching the ball, it opens up the field for John Brown and Cole Beasley. So I'm kind of interested in the Bills as well. You know, they did an outstanding job against the Jets. One team right now that just scored is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow had a 23-yard run run for a touchdown. So the Bengals also are getting a little love because I have them as well doing a little stuff for my gambling. All right, so before I I let this podcast go, Tyrod or Tyrod? I go T-Mobile. T-Mobile. And so I, 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 I met a Bills fan. I saw the Bills playing Buffalo back in 2018 with some home, 2016 with some of my friends and stuff. I was like, you want to go see the Bills play? I was like, sure. But one of my best friends is a Bills fan. So I saw a dude. He had, was he was shirtless, drunk already, half red, half blue, had number five on the back, T-Mobile. <laughs> so if I was T-Mobile right now, the phone carrier, I would give Tyrod Taylor a bunch of money right now to get some advertising because I think I most personally I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he could do some stuff. He's a great bridge quarterback. I don't know if you've ever noticed. He's a great bridge quarterback. Like he's not terrible. He's not good, but he's there to help out, try to figure out the bridge to the quarterback because he did that for for Josh Allen, for the Josh Allen for the Bills draft. Josh Allen. Now he's doing it right now for Justin Herbert. So now for me, Anthony Lynn is 
one of the top coaches on my hot seat. How long do you think we move from Tyrod, Tarod, T-Mobile to Justin Herbert? Because, you, as you know, a rookie quarterback can save your job at least for a year or two. So how long do you think it's before we move from Tarod to fucking Justin Herbert really quickly, it seems? Uh- a rookie quarterback cannot save your quarterback. Go at, could save your career as a coach. Go ask John Fox that right now, actually, who's still unemployed. So you got this is the Chargers schedule. They got the Chiefs next week. They got the Panthers. They got the Bucks. The Saints after that. They got their home for the Jets. On the road for the Dolphins. Home for the Jags. Home for the Raiders. Broncos. Bills. Patriots. So I am going to say this. I don't think the char- I think the Chargers are gonna be bad, but if if they want to make some noise to make some noise to like in LA because LA is like pretty much a Ram town yep. or like any other team fan, I would put him in probably in the month of October to see what he could do. For like, me, like right after that Saints game, I know it's gonna be coming off the Monday night going into the Sunday game, but you have the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Las Vegas Raiders, then the bye week. Those are four winnable games plus the bye week. It really gives him a chance to get acclimated and then fix whatever you know mistakes he had those first four weeks in the bye week. So that would be for me the perfect opportunity. I think the Jets game will be the most perfect one to do. Or that I, I would not do the Dolphins game. That's kind of risky to do your first start on the road. Yeah. I think the Jets is a safe pick. If the Tyrod Taylor stinks out loud already pretty bad, I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him against the Panthers or the Bucks. Yeah, I because I feel like the Chargers need to make some noise because their their team like I didn't I forgot about Hard Knocks. Like I never forget about Hard Knocks. It was like Cardinals at like Chargers and Rams. It's like I don't even care. I really don't. Like they have no sex appeal at all to me. Nope. So like if it was like Hard Knocks of Arizona, I would watch that because I want to see more Cliff Kingsbury looking like Ryan Gosling and stuff. <laughs> no. Obviously, you being a hockey fan and then being an NFL fan, like you've been not paying attention to the NBA, but the NBA side of me has been so drawn to the fact that the Clippers and the Lakers are destined to meet in the Western Conference Finals. I didn't even pay attention to what the Rams and the Chargers were doing in the offseason. I completely forgot that Derwin James just got injured for the year, like just about a yeah. week half ago i went to go mention it on my show and i'm like oh shit he was out he's out for the year yet again like that's just how much out of mind the rams and the chargers are for me because i'm mainly focused on the battle of the staples center that we don't even get inside the staples center i me personally like if you know me if you see my twitter timeline i have been fully like against the i've been boycotting the nba from the fullest like i'm like here's the thing i'm gonna give you a little insight i'm not a sixer fan i'm a bulls fan I've like I've lost interest in basketball ever since they got rid of like Jimmy Butler and how much guard packs and guard forming has destroyed the Bulls. So I've had no interest in the sh- like basketball at all. Like I don't even care. Like I've never had that feeling like oh the Bulls are good. Like I'll watch them, you know. Like back in like 2012, like D Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Carlos Boozer. Now it's like eh, who cares about basketball? So I'm like fi- finding other. I'm finding other outlets to pass my time. Like hockey's been my favorite favorite sport. You have Zach Levine. You have Kobe. You have <laughs> Lori Markadon, you have that's my that's my only dude. So like I don't I'm not watching because it's like Fred Hoyt for um Jim Boylan made me want to kill myself. Like he's like he he had a timestamp, like a time clock in in the practice center. 
He's name a coach who would do that. Listen, I got Tom Thibodeau as my head coach, and you know I expect him to help progress these young guys. But he's not a ten-year coach. He's like a two to five-year coach at the max. And you know, as long as I can make the playoffs a couple of times as a Knicks fan in those next five years, I might be happy. But Tom Thibodeau is not the answer for us Knicks fans. So I know exactly what you've been going through because we haven't been good since literally '99. We've had like two, three playoff experiences since 99. So I know all about that. I guess for me, like if I'm a Bulls fan, if they want to bring me back, like make me entertain for a year, Billy Donovan's the only person I want to see, or Mike D'Antoni. I like to see what he could do with that team, like either one. Because oh, you got Donovan. like either one would be perfect, but I don't see D'Antoni coming to Chicago. But I would love to see it happen. Chicago, that would definitely be entertaining with, with the guys I mentioned with D'Antoni running up and down the court the eight second shot clock kind of deal that he puts on with you get a shot up in eight seconds or less, you know, that would be an outstanding offense for that team. Kobe White running the floor in less than four seconds. You have Bory Morkadin that can run the floor very well. Zach Levine that can score on his own. It just, that would be an explosive kind of offense. But once again, you get into that, you get those guys and Mike Bootenhoser. These are guys that can't win in the postseason that it can only win in the regular season. I know we got into the basketball situation a little more. Now let's focus back to the NFL. Do you think going into week two, going against the Rams at home, even though we're without fans, do you expect a bounce back? Do you expect a win? I'm hoping like for me personally, I want to see what this Rams team is like later tonight, actually, because I, I haven't seen that much film on them or anything. Like I can't go off 2018. Well, 2019 for the Rams on on Game Pass. So, like the only thing I'm going by for like 2019 is the Cardinals. It's like I can guarantee them covering and doing their job, and their offense is like video game style, college style in the pros. So, I want to see what this Rams team is like personally. I don't know what to expect. I, I I feel it could be close or it could be really sloppy because I have the under in this game. So I'm hoping for a not not a much of a high scoring game. So that is me right now. All right, so remind the fans once again, what is your pick of the clock hour? My pick right now, I see Cardinals oh. covering this. I, right I cannot believe you guys are still on. I cannot believe you guys are still on. We've had- Like, seriously, you guys are the absolute best. Like, I mean, like, my phone literally died. Like, it died. And I didn't think you guys were going to be on still. You guys are the best. Like, seriously. Um, hey, we try. We try. You we're, guys, we're talking about the late games right now. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right now, are you are in the Arizona game because I like Kyler Murray, got- I like Kenyon Drake, I like DeAndre. And every time you get those games, like the Cardinals could have easily won one out of those two games last year. And I feel like this team with Cliff Berry in his second year, with Kyler in his second year. With the talent there, they have the ability to get an upset over the 49ers. And for me, I feel like the 49ers are going to come back to earth a little bit. My 49ers fans inside the house right now and yelling at the TV. But, you know, honestly, I think they're going to fall back to earth a little bit. I, I the, They looked good so far. They had Raheem Mostert had like a, a, a big yard run for a touchdown. So this Niner team looks somewhat decent. It's like it, it reminds me a little bit of last year, but they got actually good part like pl- like pieces to replace the uh, veterans have left. So and they got they got healthy on the O line with them. They got Trent Richardson, not Trent Richardson, like the Richardson from the, the Redskins. So 
I want to see this team could be like, you know, because I want to see if they do they still have the same hype or explosion, or are they gonna have the low like the like the Rams did in 2019 after the Super Bowl? Uh, by the way, guys, I have to put out a super chat right now. Uh, go Philly, uh, go Philly Eagles. In 1990, he used to be go Philly Eagles. Says if Ertz wants to be paid like a top uh, tight end, he's got to make that fourth down catch. Uh, your damn Skippy does, and that's the big problem. Like. Zach Ertz, he's like, uh, he's arguing with Howie Roseman early in the week. Oh, I want to get paid. He's like having a heated discussion. I, I heard like fists were about to fly, and then all of a sudden he doesn't catch the biggest play of the game. Like, was he about to play pick? Was he about to play pick a hand with um Howie Roseman? Because I know one thing: Howie Roseman would be down on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but then Ertz would get arrested, and then he gets sued, and then Howie Roseman would be the the biggest. The best Jewish person of all time. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those um, it's one of those things. It's a slippery you know, I, slope. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I could do without Zacherts personally, but I don't like give a fuck at that point. I saw enough out of Dallas Goddard today to to where I could do without Zacherts for forever. Oh my God, he showed up, and I was worried about oh, him. Yeah. all the injuries to the offensive line. I thought he was going to have to be stuck in chip blocking or even sitting there holding a block and not being able to run his routes. And he still got over, what, 100 yards or so and scored a touchdown. He showed what we've all been talking about, where he falls somewhere in that level of the George Kittle and where you have the Travis Kelseys of the world where he can block, he can run routes, he can get the yards after the catch. He shows that explosiveness. Now, can he do it on a full-time basis? That is yet to be seen. But I, we believe we that he can. We believe that. We have a Zach Hurts to the next level in Dallas Goddard. And Zach Hurts, as great as he has been in the past, honestly, Dallas Goddard is the future right now. And he's shown the talent in week one. He's shown the ability right then and there for you guys. So maybe we need to push for uh, Dallas Goddard to get more targets. And Zach Hurts, honestly, maybe we need to push him out. Hopefully not. But that's the way it looks after one week. Yeah, you know what I would do? Well, you guys know what I would do. I would I would try to fleece a team for Zacherts, just get as much as we possibly could. Because this who's guy the team wants, that needs a tight end, though, is a better question. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's at least 10 teams that need a decent tight end. Um, but we have we have one. We have Dallas Goddard. Uh, Zacherts, in my opinion, isn't a game changer. And I, I honestly, I would try to fleece a team for at least a first-round pick and more. That's what I would do because I just don't think Zacherts is a guy that will take over a game for you. We were up 17 to nothing. And uh, obviously, when Wentz was missing with his bombs, Zacherts was nowhere to be found, especially when we needed him the most. And um, that's all she wrote. He's not getting paid George Kittle money. He's just no. He's no one's no one's gonna get Kittle money because he's the focus of the offense. He's like the number one wideout. And Roxanne, I know he's the best tight end in the league. I I already know. So please know your role and shut your (laughs) mouth. I know I know who the best tight end is. We don't need a reminder. So. Like Dallas Goddard, like he he he's got potential to be the top te- a top ten tight end. So I'm yeah. gonna throw it like that. Goddard has the chance to be a top three tight end. What's what hey, hey, hey hey wait top five? It's it goes by this top ten then top five. Oh, wait, excuse okay. me, top twenty, top ten then top five. All right, top I'll- three. You, top three is like Madden status. Top five. I'll go top five for you because outside of what you got, Ertz Goddard. Who else? Who else are you going to put in that top five? You got oh, tight ends? Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, You're going to put Evan uh, Ingram? Uh, George, Dar- Dar- George Kittle's in there. Travis Kelsey. Dar- Darlin Waller. 
Waller. Darren Waller. Do you put Darren Waller in there after one year? Best, uh, best thing guy, is helping out the open Mark, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Eh. Yep. He's adding you? He's good. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. I got a Zach. Like, I think he's not bad. I'll take that. I, I'll say this. I like Miami's tight end, Mike Krasecki. The tall white dude. I think he's yeah, got potential. He, he showed up. Buffalo, wasn't he? I want to see more of that little bit last year, more this year. And I, I feel like Tua Tungavaloa and him would have a great connection. I'll say who yeah. else is in the tight end was. Who else? Fuck. Higby's up there. He's like top 10, top 20. What do you think? See, the thing is, I don't like, I, I'll say, I, I said this a thousand times, I'll say it a thousand times more. I don't view Hertz as a tight end. I just don't. I like, see your point. I. I see that because I think he's a, a wider seat. He, he people say he's a wider seat. Nobody's like a tight end Mahdi, you know. He's a wider seat. Yeah, he's not a bull. Yeah, he's not a bull. Like you need a bull to be a tight end. Like someone that blocks. He doesn't fucking block. He gets pushed on his ass like a little bitch. You know. So I mean, I just uh, I I don't see it. I'm sorry. Like he's not he's not a guy that I'm gonna pay upwards of Kittle money. I'm just not gonna do it. Or Kelsey money. Either one. Yeah, I'm oh. gonna have to. Sorry. No. So, other than that, it's whatever. Um, right now, Niners are in the red zone right now against the Cardinals. So it's about to be possibly soon, seventeen to seven. Seventeen to seven. It's about to be seventeen to seven soon. Second and goal. What are they from? Twelve yards out right now. Yeah. Second. Second and goal. They just had a penalty. So full start. So. Uh, Daniel's just- like thoughts on Jalen Rager. Uh, Jalen Rager's my fucking boy. I don't know why they didn't go to him more. Uh, was he getting locked down by Ronald Darby? That would have been weird. Um, he did but, toast Ronald Darby for one touchdown, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he got a touchdown. Did he get a touchdown? He did get a touchdown. I forgot. I completely forgot. I was I was so blanked. Did Rager get a touchdown? Let me let me look at someone. I, I don't think he got a touchdown. He got a bomb. He got a. It was a fifty-three yard reception, I think. Let me go look at someone's fantasy football team that drafted him. Fence that got the touchdowns. It was Ertz and it was Goddard. It was, it was Ertz and Goddard. It wasn't Rager. Yeah. Jeez, I am getting demolished right now in fantasy. Yeah, Jalen Rager had one catch for 55 yards. Targets. Yeah. Listen, honestly, Jalen Rager's a rookie. He he showed his game-breaking ability with his speed. Uh, for him, he needs to learn the playbook a little more. He needs to learn where to be. He needs to fight for balls a little more. He can't let interceptions happen. I like what I saw from him. Uh, outside of the muffed punt, outside of, you know, maybe not playing as hard as he should have been. But, you know, him and Carson Wentz are going to make a lethal couple at some point throughout this year. I think the lack of the preseason is kind of hurting their growth as a communication between Wentz and Rager. But I think eventually you're going to see week two, three, week four, where this connection is off the charts, and we're not talking about one catch for 55 yards. We're talking about, you know, five, six catches for 120 yards or something around that nature. All right, Zach, let's not talk off the charts right now. Let's just talk about winning a game. <laughs> play to win the game. Hello. Uh, yeah. Eagles played to win the game the first quarter and a half and then gave up. They pulled They pulled a San Diego Charger from 2010. They, they couldn't finish the game. Or 2011, one of the two. They couldn't finish. That is the no, biggest thing in the NFL. You have to finish the game when it's triple zeros. Not when it's halftime. 
but you know what? I want to thank you guys so much. We went way over the time today. We we're supposed to be like half. We we're supposed to go like half an hour. I want to thank these two guys for staying in there while my phone was just going ape shit today. Um, we went so about. What you should you should do is just bring your laptop with you to whenever you go down there, and just yeah, so make your phone make your phone make your phone a Wi-Fi hotspot, and you'll be good to go. Makes sense. The more you know. Come on. Hey, I'll be at my buddy. I'll be at my buddy buddy's house next week, so we'll be able to do it much more fluidly. But I want to thank these two for joining me today, uh, keeping it down while my phone was going through tons of shit. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to preview the Eagles versus Rams game. Hell is God. And uh, anything else you guys want to say? I'm going to go back to the gambling cave. So. Stay happy, stay healthy. And remember, it's only week one. It's what we do after week one that's going to matter. Yeah, we're done. Uh, I think that's the said, first time we've <laughs> lost a week one game since, I think, 2015. Yeah. yeah. We haven't lost yeah. one week game underneath Carson Wentz until now. Yeah, Do you want to, know the quarter, want to know who the quarterback was and the coach? Oh. Week one? Yeah. It was, uh, it was Vic and um, Reed. Nope. It was 2015. Sam Bradford and Chip Kelly. Oh, yeah, versus Atlanta. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Monday night game, yeah. Where we couldn't go forward rushing the ball, so. Yeah. As I like to say, run the damn ball. I'll put it like that to end it. Not not today. No. So, run the damn ball. I may have to make a shirt like that. So, other than that, I'm going back to the gambling cave, so. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I was a little bit fiery today, and the times that I wasn't here, these guys held it down. These guys are the best in the they're, they're the we're the best pot, Eagles podcast going around. We're going to get better. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, catch the rerun if you missed anything. With that said, we are out, and we'll check you guys on Thursday. Peace, guys. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.